You're listening to a CNA podcast. Hi everyone, welcome back to Work It, CNA's podcast on career. If you haven't yet followed us, please do so. You can go to Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts and search for CNA Podcasts and pick us to follow. Hi, hi, Crispina here. We also want to thank our listeners who take the trouble to leave us comments. Okay, so like this one on our hybrid working episode who said, I would like to go into the office three times a week, even though my manager only asks for one day. The social connection is really important, especially for workers who live alone. Like this listener who said that they'd been on their own since they were 22. We really appreciate your comments. Please continue to share your views with us. And that's really a very interesting perspective. I know, right? Which yeah. we didn't even think about. Yeah, we seldom think about people who may be single, who may also want to get that companionship in office. And yeah. possibly the office is awesome, I guess. <laughs> yes, must be. <laughs> and we end the year with our guest today. She is Michelle Ko, Managing Director of recruitment firm The Edge Partnership. In other words, she is a headhunter. I consider that to be a very fascinating job. You know, almost like a matchmaker. It's funny though, because Michelle, if I'm not wrong, started your career as an auditor. That's right. Uh, okay. I used to work for a big four in um, audit. Yes. So an auditor versus a headhunter. Auditor is important, but sounds less exciting. You'd be surprised. Really? <laughs> Okay. You can bring me on for another show. I'll tell you more about All about, about that. auditing. Okay, welcome to the podcast, <laughs> Thanks, Michelle. Christina. Thanks, Thanks for coming. Let's get right into it. Right. So people mm. have a very romanticized mm-hmm. view mm-hmm. of headhunters, right. right? So when you tell someone you're a headhunter, mm. do they have a preset notion, a preconceived idea? You're the sort who like calls in the night and says, hey, hey, I need to meet you. Actually, the response that I get most often is, do you have a job for me? Ah. <laughs> okay, fair. Because we would have yeah. asked for that right. too. Yeah, But uh, for, for us, it's slightly different. Uh, yes, obviously, we have jobs. If we're out of assignments, we call them, then we'll be out of business. Yeah. So yes, every day I will need to have roles to work on. But Obviously, the client would have a criteria as well. So even though I do have a job, but it may not be a match for you. Yeah. As you said, do I do calls? Do I poach talent? Yes, for sure. So some sometimes some clients would have requirements to say that we want to uh, look for candidates within our industry. Mm. So we literally have to headhunt them and poach. Mm. Uh, in terms of how we do it, it's a trade secret. Oh, so. trade secret. <laughs> it's like recipe, don't share. Precisely. So I probably can't share too much, but right. we, we do active headhunting. Mm. Um, but it's not all about that. We don't just solely focus on luring talent away from their current employers. Okay. Uh, we do identify and approach passive job seekers and even those who are actively seeking and open to new career opportunities mm-hmm. as long as they meet the criteria. Okay. Although poaching is a bad word. It sounds a bad word but I guess every candidate out there wouldn't mind being poached. We wouldn't mind being poached. Yeah. Please poach us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious right. in today's yeah. context where mm. there are so many scam calls, so many mm. scammers, oh, so many yeah. weird SMS. I would imagine people may be a bit sceptical, right? When you suddenly come with a call Hey, I got this fantastic job for you, two times your salary. Into this context, mm. how do you convince people or how could people receiving this call mm. be able to tell that this is a legit call? I, I suppose because of the level that I recruit in, it's more mid to senior level yes. highest. Yes. So they, they won't just pass you their CV or share too much without making sure that they have the right amount of information. Mm. So you can't mm. just say, oh, so-and-so is hiring, we yeah. will double your pay, send me your CV, send me all your details and I'll get you the anyway, job. Anyway, well, who says double your 
your pace. Then that's a scam. <laughs> yeah, that's a riff. Like, <laughs> if, if it's too good to be true, it usually isn't, right? Yeah. So they will ask about, oh, who's hiring? Who's the hiring manager? Right. Uh, what's their mandate? Mm. What What's their growth plan? Why are they looking? If you're a scammer, unless it's a very skilled one who came from <laughs> recruitment background, if otherwise, I suspect it might be quite hard to fake it. Obviously, I'll introduce myself. I'll refer yep. them to my LinkedIn page. My LinkedIn profile has been created for years. I've got yep. like over 30,000 connections. So for sure, it's legit and yeah. not one that's newly created. But um, typically, if you're able to um, share pretty concrete details about the role, what the client wants them to do, and you show that you've researched their background before calling, they'll know that you're for real. Okay. Because even before I call, we would have done some uh, qualifying to make sure that this is the right candidate that yeah. I want to talk to. Yeah. The CSI mm. that goes on mm. before. <laughs> now, we know that you look for C-suite's talent and we'll come to that in a minute, but could you lay out for our listeners what's the key mm. difference between what you do, mm. i.e. headhunting, and how the majority of the people do, i.e. just apply for a job that's being advertised? The term headhunting has been used very loosely. Typically, I would say that um, in executive search, we have what we call retain assignments and contingent assignments. And in terms of C-suite, yes, I do handle CFO recruitment, general counsel recruitment, but we also do handle mid-level position if they're important or it's a very specialized skill that the client's mm-hmm. looking for. Say, for example, like a global transfer pricing lead. It's a slightly more niche area in tax. It's not that easily found. So even though it's not like a top-tier position, clients would still pay us a, a good fee to find the right talent. We don't just adopt poaching, as in like actively calling and yeah. luring candidates away from their current employment. We also deploy methods like advertising, word of mouth, and also because I primarily recruit in finance and legal. Mm-hmm. So I'll also have to establish a relationship with the industry association, yeah. like ISCA, ICAW, ACCA, and for legal, like Law Society, Singapore Corporate Council Association. Mm-hmm. So over time, you know, if you attend the events and you be a speaker for their seminar often enough, you become a familiar face right. and you will get people writing to you or sending you referrals that could come in handy to help you place roles. Mm. Mm. So you are in the business of getting to know as many people as possible. In my network. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so hers is like a physical growing of a network, not just mm. the LinkedIn. Yes, right? LinkedIn is not enough. And I know this has been a very useful platform. A lot of people are on it. But it's like the, just now what you said, the listeners saying that they want that physical yes. connection. Yeah, yeah. To me, I feel that the in, That's in person. That's still important. Precisely. Right? In, yeah. in person, networking, yada yada is still important. Yeah. Speaking of LinkedIn, right? Mm. In this world of social media, it's not difficult for people to create Mm-mm. a really fantastic profile. Mm. Mm. And then they invite people to come onto their network and then they can talk to people who are looking directly. For example, mm. if a, a, a very senior in-house counsel mm. knows somebody working in Hong Kong or, or Dubai or whatever, it's very easy mm. for them to connect directly. Why do companies still hire folks like you guys, executive search specialists? Okay, I, I need to work hard to keep my job, so no. <laughs> <laughs> let me explain why. I suppose there are still a lot of opportunities, what we call um, open requisition, open mm. roles that are hidden, right? Because imagine if I'm hiring a CFO or okay. a general counsel, yep. I'm a big publicly traded company. Yep. Would I really want to do a shout out to post on LinkedIn to say mm. that, hey, I'm going to lose a key member of my leadership team in the right. next three months. And right. when you do a shout out, which means your competitors know as well, mm. right? So sometimes they would 
choose to work with us to do a confidential search okay. to keep it a bit more low key. Right. Yeah. And obviously they'll announce it when the time is right. Mm. But for such key position, uh, I know some companies do, but personally, a lot of my clients will come to us for, for such searches right, just right. so that we can manage it more delicately. Mm. I see. So discreet kind of looking. You can't find up. it on LinkedIn. Because it's, yeah, mm. because they are very key leadership roles, Precisely, right? precisely. And yeah. I also understand there may be instances where they might want to replace someone senior, but they want to do it in stealth mode because mm. by doing it publicly, it might just rattle feathers within the company. Yes. Yeah, also, that's that's right. really yeah. 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 That, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Also, mm. also affects stock prices, for example, consumer confidence, etc. Mm. Right? When there is a departure, they would have to announce, but if it's a US-listed company, the APEC leadership team perhaps not required. Mm. Yeah, but mm. typically they will want to do it more discreetly if they have some heads up in terms of a departure. It's actually quite fascinating. I was reading about one of the big banks mm. where it was a run for the top job, right? Mm. The person to run it. Mm. And so they had three candidates and they were all internal folks. Right. And it was almost like a Game of Thrones. It's all so carefully managed before yeah. they finally announce. The shortlisted. So, yeah, yeah. You know, even the shortlisting, even the process of picking is like shrouded very mm. discreet yes, very discreet and it's like months in the making of course precisely that's internal candidate but sometimes they may consider internal and external candidates yes mm. yes yeah. but you wouldn't know that right until yeah true true so on LinkedIn you, you, you won't be able to tell that so there is still room for us there's still mm. a job that we need to do so we can still say that we're hiring because we're not hiring for such big positions. But you might still need a, a recruiter. You never know, right? Because likewise, I had a client whom I was pitching to some months back. Then months later, he came back to me to say that I now have this role open. And I told him, I did saw this posting online and you had 2,000 applicants. Wow. Well, why would you still need me? Not enough. <laughs> so he, so his response, he's not, he don't have enough time to see through those Oh. application mm. right so yes the, ap the applicants are there but on yeah, honestly if you want to do a detailed review of the CV um, one CV could be five ten minutes easily yeah so in a day how much can you go through true, mm. so they true. come to us also because they want to save time yeah. uh, they, they want us to do the initial screening right yeah right. so that saves them time and resources right right mm. something which AI can do but I suppose not quite as effective. You're, you're right. If it's a LinkedIn application, they can set filters. Yes. But even with that, you could be filtering out those that you want because they might have typed some keywords wrongly. AI has a tendency to hallucinate. <laughs> so there's always a danger there, right? right it may true. give you the wrong information. We also use AI in our work, but we apply it with a bit more care mm. um, and a bit more supervision from a human being. Mm. In, yeah, in that but that defeats the purpose, right? I mean, if you have to go back and check the AI's work, gosh, then I might as well do it myself. Mm. Probably because of her auditor background. <laughs> she has to audit <laughs> yes. the work. Oh, that's true. Good point, right. Adrian. Yeah. So speaking of um, looking for C-suite talents, mm. which you mentioned earlier mm. on, could you give us a flavor of the kind of talents that are in demand? And personally, I'm quite interested to understand how does C-suite talent now differ from the day when you first started? Because based on my understanding, mm. a CFO today performed mm. their work very differently from mm. a CFO 20 years ago. Mm. Generally, how would C-suite talent behave 
much more differently and how can one behave more differently in order to stand out among the rest? Same thing. I mean, there are some roles out there that you see online that can be with inflated titles as well. Mm. So I've seen a listing asking for a CFO and the budget is that of perhaps uh, like a mid-level financial controller in other companies. So when they say C-suite, for us, our definition would be department heads or head of business, running sizable businesses, etc. Those are people who make decisions. And in terms of how they are different from when I first started till now would be that if I can just use the finance industry and legal industry as an example. In the past, a lot of what the CFO needs to do is to ensure accuracy of historical numbers is all reported correctly in accordance to FRS, etc. Whereas these days, the new age CFO, they need to be out there a lot more. Mm. They need to be viewed as what we call business partner. Mm-hmm. It's not just about ensuring that the numbers are right. It's about helping the business through what you're seeing from the financial numbers. Right. Likewise, for um, general counsel, it's not just playing a policing role. Yes. Right. Yes, yeah. uh, being in the ivory tower, you need to know what's happening in a business. Mm-hmm. It is an M and A deal. You don't just come in at the at the last stage where you need to put out fire. You need to come in at the pre stage to make sure that at every juncture things are managed properly, right. so that the fire doesn't break out. Yeah. That role has changed change quite mm. a bit mm. from when I first started over 15 years ago I'm showing my age now yeah to current day <laughs> I'm endlessly fascinated by picking a leader because that must be really hard yes yes it's not just how good you are at your technical skills and mm. your obviously you already at this stage right mm. CFO general counsel obviously you're good at what you do but what separates somebody who Companies say, yeah, this is the guy I want. Mm. Yeah, so for two person who may be technically capable, why would one make it? Why would one break it? I often say we are not fielding the best candidate to our client. Oh, Not that I'm selling them short, but we're fielding the one with the best fit. Mm. Yeah, because, how should I put it? The best candidate could perhaps be very ambitious. Um, He or she may want to join this company who's looking to double their top line, double their margins. Whereas the state of business where my client is now, they're just looking for stability. They want to preserve their margin. They want to Mm. preserve their top line. Mm. They're not looking to expand that aggressively. The best candidate, whilst um, he or she may be good, would then not be a good fit. Because ah. their career ambition cannot be fulfilled. Right, that's to take such a on, good point. Yeah, because if they were to take on this role, I mean, then they'll feel that their wings are clipped. Fit versus best. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's there like... There is a difference. There is a big mm. difference because culture is different. Culture is different. Um, yeah, what the role encompasses for that time mm. that they need. Mm. Like you might need somebody who is, has a startup mentality. Precisely. Different, right? Precisely, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Like a, a startup CEO versus mm. um, one that is already publicly traded. Um, again, what they're looking out for would mm. be quite different. But if I were to perhaps just mention a few that's a bit more generic, mm-hmm. what are some traits that clients usually like? Uh, maybe that could be helpful to the listeners as well. Yeah. Obviously, we, the clients will be looking for relevant skills and qualification. Okay. So there are some stuff that are negotiable, some that are not. So if that role is in disputes, um, in legal, you have to stand in front of the court. If you're not caught to the bar, you just can't do it no matter how mm. how good uh, you are right so there's yeah. some, there some stuff that's non-negotiable then having a strong resume a good personal brand both among the industry on LinkedIn etc um, what's a personal brand though? like Mr. Davinder Singh if you know him from the yes. legal circuit yes. he was once described by Liga 500 as being without a peer at the bar 
so he cannot wow. be beaten, right? So that that brand is strong. Mm. I would love mm. to be known as the top headhunter in Singapore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Maybe just okay. in Raffles Place. No, what I thought the personal brand was like, okay, so people know that you are not just good at your work, but you're also you're a pretty good leader. You're, like you have some personal qualities that they like. Right. You would see that these days, a lot of people would talk about their volunteering work, uh-huh. their passion. Yeah, etc. Yeah. On LinkedIn or when they're out meeting people, mm. that's also a good way to brand yourself. Mm. Okay, mm. okay. Would that also mean that people who may be a bit less keen to showcase everything publicly mm. be at a disadvantage? That's why they need us. We can advocate for them. Typically, at the senior level, they don't move jobs that often. Yes. Yeah. So it's just that during that one season, if you meet a good recruiter who can draw all this information from you and market that to the client, then perhaps we can have a match. There are people who are a bit more media shy, like why do I need to live my life in public and things like that. Um, mm. There are still people who are like that, yeah. and that's fine. Then let the work speak for themselves. It's not just about what you do socially. In certain fields, how you're rated within the industry, that's actually very important as well. So it's your life's work in a way, but it's also your brand. Okay, anything else that, you know, it's on your list? <laughs> in general, personal grooming and presentation, I think that's important. Okay. We're not looking for beauty queens or kings, <laughs> but in general, keep yourself groomed, neat, tidy, dress appropriately for the occasion. Right. Right. If the client's setting up a casual coffee meeting, then perhaps don't go all fully suited, right? But dress appropriately, yeah, you know, yeah. things like that. Hello everyone, my name is Stephen Chia and I'm host of CNA's weekly news podcast, Heart of the Matter. Each week, my job is to ask the questions you have, like why is the COE so high? Why aren't singles dating? Or what's going on with the red-hot property market in Singapore? If you want the views behind the news, then tune in each week as we get to the heart of the matter. We are on the CNA and Me Listen apps and wherever you get your podcasts. Hit follow or subscribe so you don't miss an episode when it drops. So most people will go through their entire working lives not having the chance to be headhunted. How could people appear on mm. headhunters' radar? Should they actively reach out to headhunters that are in their sector or are there things that they just have to do behind the scene and hope and pray that some headhunter may well, chance upon them? Right. You may not be actively looking out now, but it's always good to build relationship and introduce yourself to headhunters that's within your space. Um, like for myself, I'm a functional specialist, right? I still do like CEO appointments for some warm clients. Mm. Then if let's say you're in the finance circuit, then pick a few good ones. Just introduce yourself to say that perhaps let's do coffee or would be keen to hear your views in terms of what's happening in the finance industry. Mm. So at least mm. with that, then I know you after this coffee meeting. And same thing, like all these industry events, for example, they would some, sometimes engage speakers to talk about topics in transfer pricing, in tax or legal disputes topics. You can also volunteer yourself to be a speaker, to participate in the seminar. Mm. Then typically, even without you broadcasting on your own LinkedIn page, they will do some promotion, right? The event organizer will do some promotion. Then that's how you can get your name out there. One last thing. When you're going about trying to source a candidate, and I'm sure you meet all kinds of people, Mm. interesting people, what are the challenges in your job? What would you say is your biggest challenge when it comes to finding people? In the Singapore labor market, Mm, anyway. mm, mm. Finding people is not difficult. Same point, finding the candidate with the right fit 
sometimes is the problem. Mm. And when it comes to feet, we talk about technical skills just now. This person could look very strong on the resume, would be able to do the job really well, but sometimes they just lack the chemistry with the client. Uh, yeah, mm. or in terms of interview process, it's not just one person who will decide your fate. Sometimes they will have different rounds where it's not just about meeting the hiring manager, it's meeting your peer, stakeholders, senior yes, stakeholders, yes. etc. Yeah. Right? Some companies may need a yes from everyone before they can proceed. So that's when we need to find someone who can really take all the boxes. I think that part is quite difficult. You need to have the energy and patience to kiss enough frogs <laughs> to find the one that will turn into a prince. <laughs> it is tiring. Yeah, it, it is, is hard. I'm just, I'm asking because sometimes I look at some CEOs or C-suite leaders and I think this person is very capable, mm. will keep the ship afloat and etc. but does not have the charisma, does not have the ability to influence people. Mm. Does that matter now more than before or... Does that matter? I think then just hire a strong deputy. If you don't want to be, as Adrian said, I mean, different people have different personality. Yeah. If you don't want to be the one who's out there branding the company. Correct. Selling yeah, the coil. Yeah, sell, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. Then just hire a strong deputy. Hire a strong comms person. Mm. IR. Right. Somebody who compliments your, Precisely. your skin. Precisely. It's like NBA, right? It's not just about getting one star player. You need yes. to get yeah. a good team. Yeah. So if that individual himself or herself unfortunately lacks some attribute in, in terms of being yep. charismatic, etc. Then just find someone who's complimentary. Right. Which is and a common theme during our leaders chair because everyone almost said the same thing. You yep. have to build a good team. There's one point I feel quite strongly when we talk about why headhunters are still relevant, where it's so easy for candidates and clients to meet each other now. Um, we are still relevant because sometimes we will get clients to consider carefully the type of higher that they want, they want to make. So mm. when they come to me, the client may have a dream list, like this is what I want. But we'll get them to consider other aspects. Right. How, how is your team like? Right. So this is who you want, but maybe this is not what your team needs. Ah. Yeah. Then we'll also try to promote diversity and inclusion. If they're hiring someone because they said, oh, um, everyone on my team is like that. We all come from this background and I want someone like like us, mm. then I would gently remind them. The con- <laughs> yeah, I can't push for it. Yes. I would gently remind them to consider other aspects yeah, of what of would make a good hire, yeah. what would help him assemble a good team. Mm. What I feel about this is that I know most of us will not come across a headhunter, but I've been in enough interviews as a candidate, mm. as well as interviewed candidates, right. to know that quite often what appears on paper it's quite different from what appears in person. True. And honestly, the best and only test is when the person actually does the job. Mm, that's true. And sometimes it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is, which is why yep. some chiefs last six months and then they're yep. out, right? Um, we've seen that happen mm. uh, over time, which is okay because that's the whole process, mm. right? For me... Picking someone, especially someone of a leadership quality, involves great risk. Mm. But sometimes this person not being suited for the job is not about their lack of ability. This is coming from my audit training from many years back. It's it's (laughs) all about narrowing the risk. I Mm. see. You can never get it to zero risk. You can only try to minimize it to a comfortable level. That's a good point. Adrian, what did you think? 
Well, this conversation firstly really brought me back to the time more than 20 years ago when my first couple of businesses were actually in recruiting and headhunting. But my exit back then was also around a time when platforms like LinkedIn positioned themselves to kill off the recruiting industries. Mm. But ever mm. since then, the number of agencies has actually flourished. Yeah. Yeah. So it speaks volume of the demand for headhunters, recruiters, and the fact that recruiting is ultimately a people business. Once again, something ChatGPT and AI may not be able to replace. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if you use ChatGPT to try to generate your resume, everyone's resume will look more or less the same, right? Oh, I can tell when it's yeah, a ChatGPT. Precisely. Thing. You can use it as a framework, but you shouldn't use it word for word. You need yeah, to infuse yeah, yeah, it of course. With, your... with your own flavor, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Thank you, Michelle, for coming by. And thanks, thanks for everyone me. for listening. The CNA podcast team will go on a break in December. Yay! But we will be playing some of our top episodes throughout the month. So do watch out for that. Thank you to the CNA podcast team and here's wishing everyone a good year end.